Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. Uh, looks like a lot of people are out and about uh, door knocking for Jeremy Munson. We got some special elections coming up, folks. Hopefully, if you live in those districts, you're paying attention. Uh, really appreciated Julie Quist calling in. Give us a, an update for what the Child Protection League is up to. Go to childprotectionleague.com and look get more details. Uh, they can also answer questions if you have them. And and uh, check out their action alerts for the uh, caucus um, uh, coming up on February 6th. Jane, thank you for being so patient. I really appreciate it. Did you have some thoughts? I did. I did. Um, say, uh, I have an example what, uh, of what happened, what Julie is talking about, happened to the country of Lebanon. And you have to remember this happens over 30, 40 years or whatever. Um, when my husband and I were stationed in the military in Spain, we had friends that were uh, army, and they basically his majority of his uh, assignments were in the Middle East. He was in Lebanon, uh, Beirut, many many times, um, and stationed there also many times. And they have friends that reiterated the story to them that um, uh, that Lebanon, which was the only Christian country in all of the Middle East. Uh, was being infiltrated. Uh, it was during one of the Israeli wars or something where there were bombs being, um, you know, back and forth and so on and so forth. Lebanon took in people as refugees, and those refugees became part of school systems. They became part of um, uh, county boards and so on and so forth, forcing the Christians to go underground so they could practice their faith. And many of them got out of the country because they had to. But um, what Julie is talking about really brought that to my mind because I have have not really firsthand knowledge, but some knowledge of it. Um, the uh, Lebanese, uh, Lebanon now is a Muslim nation. It is not a Christian nation anymore, and it had been for centuries. And so it's just a little sidelight. It's chronicled in a book. Uh, written by uh, a woman who went through it with her family, and um, it's it's something that you know. Um, how can I say it? Keep your eyes open, or you know, I wonder what the heck happened at some later date. Well, it's really interesting, Jane, because it seems like people aren't paying attention, and history has a tendency to repeat itself. And we don't have to look back too far to see some of the horrible things that have happened. And and thank you for your phone call. I just really wish more people would pay attention to what's going on. It's um, really astonishing. I really care about what's going on in our schools. I pay really close attention, even though I don't even have children in school anymore. I don't even have children in college any longer. And I still pay attention. And And this week was National School Choice Week. Uh, and when we had Lee McGrath on a couple weeks ago, he talked a little bit about school choice too, how, how important it is. And I think one of the things that we can all agree on is that every child should be able to get a good education. And you have the Democrats that come back and say everyone, every child has an equal right to education. Our duty is to ensure every child has a quality, fully, 
fully funded public school in their community. So they obviously have a, the Democrats obviously have a different push for what education is for than the other side of the aisle. And, um, Governor Dayton has, uh, added billions, billions, uh, of dollars to the education budget. Governor Dayton has expanded education to now include pre-K, which I think is an absolutely horrible idea. I think far too many people are, uh, it almost seems like there are far too many people that want government to raise their kids instead of their, their parents. And Governor Dayton's been bragging lately about how more students in Minnesota are graduating. Well, it's quite interesting when you start taking a look at some of the statistics right here in Minnesota, right here in Minnesota with over half of our budget, half of our state budget goes towards education. And I'm talking pre-K all the way up through higher ed. But it is absolutely ridiculous the quality of education that we put out and how poorly educated our children are. And I am specifically looking at the Minneapolis and St. Paul school districts. And it is shameful. It is shameful. And the Democrats have got a free pass on this and every year we hear we need more money we need more money we need more money and every year our our test results our scores our proficiency in math and reading continue to sink and it is it is it is so shameful st paul school district right now is looking at going on strike i think they're looking at taking a vote at the end of the month and you know what if they go on strike fire them Fire them all, get rid of them, shut that district down, and start over. The disservice that we do to the children of St. Paul and Minneapolis, in particular, the children of color in St. Paul and Minneapolis, is abominable. And it should be, it, it's, it, I, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I am, I've just absolutely had it. And I, I give a lot of credit to MinPost. I like MinPost. Um, I firmly believe that you should always know your enemy. So I read the Star Tribune. I read the Pioneer Press. I watch CNN. I watch MSNBC. In fact, I hardly ever watch Fox News because I know what Fox, well, okay, it's on right now, but <laughs> there's that. Um, but I don't listen to it. I don't uh, know what what they're saying. A, because I want to be able to form my own opinion for what to think and what to, uh, what to figure out how things are, how things are going. But MinPost does a really good job. I post a lot of MinPost articles. Uh, a lot of them I don't agree with. I got a University of Minnesota professor. I just posted this one yesterday. Well, first of all, he's a socialist and he hates Donald Trump and his whole message seems to be resist. We should be socialists. Republicans are evil. And oh yeah, Hitler was thrown in at the very end too. And, and this is what our kids are learning. Granted, that's at the University of Minnesota. Um, MinPost had an article that said that was titled i put this up on facebook too you can find it either on my facebook page or at the minpost website more minnesotans are graduating but how many are actually ready for jobs or college and this is so uh so so important we're gonna i think stan's yelling at me to take uh take a break again so we're going to take a quick break when we come back i'm going to tell you some of these statistics um i'm going to explain to you why 
It's not a good thing to graduate from college if you can't read or to graduate from high school if you can't read and can't do math. Because then you try to go to college and you're not ready for that work either. And then you rack up higher student loan debt because you have to take remedial reading or remedial math, stuff that you should have been prepared for before you graduated from high school. It is definitely not a good... And and you know what? It might be one of the contributing factors to why Amazon didn't locate here because we graduate such a pathetic quality of students coming out of high school, for, especially in Minneapolis and St. Paul, two of the largest districts in, in the entire state of Minnesota. It's ridiculous. And that's just part of the reason that I support school choice. Uh, okay, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Really, really appreciate it. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, We're talking about school choice week. We're talking about education in Minnesota. I told you about an article that I had posted on Facebook. Uh, More Minnesota students are graduating, but how many are actually ready for jobs or college? I told you it was a MinPost article. The article that I posted was actually Twin Cities Business Magazine. uh, and it was a reprint from MinPost. So you might have to, you can go to my Facebook page or go to either MinPost or Twin Cities Business Magazine and get it. And in particular, they were talking about how U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos had finally approved Minnesota's new federal education accountability plan, the Every Student Succeeds Act. And I know, who names these things? It's just so ridiculous. Uh, the U.S. Department of Education, uh, which, by the way, should have nothing to do with our schools here in Minnesota. Uh, that's another thing that should be left to the states. Uh, it, um, Betsy DeVos and the U.S. Department of Education was in particular calling attention to Minnesota's aggressive graduation rate. Are you ready for this? That by 2020, 90% of all students will graduate from high school in four years. Well, it's easy to make an empty promise like that. It's easy to say, oh, we didn't quite make it. I guess we'll have to work harder. I guess we need more money. I guess we'll keep trying. Uh, and, and you know what? We can't have that anymore. We can't have that anymore. This goal was actually established in 2012. Thanks for nothing, Mark Dayton. It had a sub-goal that no student group, and they defined student groups by race, low-income status, or other categories, no student group will fall below an 85% graduation rate by the year 2025. Now, I want you to think about that. It's easy to to meet that goal, If you just graduate everyone, if there are no standards and if no one is being held accountable. And right now in the Minneapolis and St. Paul schools in particular, they are not being held accountable. The disparities rates in uh, the state of Minnesota are almost the worst in the nation, the very worst in the nation. There is a huge achievement gap between white students who graduate at a rate of 87% and the rest of them. Uh, American Indians graduating at a, at a rate of 52%, um, which is better because in um, just a couple years ago, it was 45.6%. So at least they're moving in the right direction. Uh, the idea that, that over 50% of the American Indian students 
students are going to hit a graduation rate of 85% in the next three, three years seems ambitious to say the least uh yeah it it good luck unless there are some major changes it isn't going to happen you've seen this intense focus uh from the state of minnesota that is establishing uh high graduation expect expectations which they should they should be graduating high expectations uh but they're also doing it with the push to a more equitable public school system what does that even mean what does that even mean? I mean, really, think about that. They, 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 they come up with these goals that most likely aren't going to happen. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over again that has failed year after year after year. They throw even more money at these failing ideas, and we have let down so many kids year after year after year after year. Do you know since this, uh, since Mark Dayton put this all on board in 2012 for some student groups, the proficiency rates in math and reading have, have decreased while the graduation rates have increased. So in other words, it doesn't matter if you can't read. Doesn't matter if you, if you can't do math. You can just graduate anyway. Here's, here, here you go. Go ahead. Have your diploma. Um, statewide proficiency rates for all students in math. And this is after throwing billions and billions of more dollars at it. Uh, in math decreased from 60% in 2013 to 58.7% in 2017. So they threw billions of dollars at it. They worked really hard at it. And the proficiency rate in math decreased for all students. Think about that for a minute. It's just it's just absolutely astonishing. Uh, math proficiency rates in the St. Paul public schools. Oh, if you look back at uh, data on black students in particular um, at St. Paul public school districts, their graduation rates followed an upward trajectory. In other words, they went up from fifty nine point two percent in 2012 to 70 percent in 2016. The math proficiency rates fell from 23.8% to 19.1%. I'm just going to repeat that because I want you to realize how bad these schools are. So in the St. Paul Public Schools, their graduation rates went up from roughly 59% to 70% in 2016. But their math, their math proficiency rates fell to 19%. What a grave disservice we do to those students. What a grave disservice we do to them. It is absolutely astonishing. And Minneapolis, you're no better. You're no better, Minneapolis. Absolutely no better. In Minneapolis public schools, this is Roosevelt Senior High, hit a graduation rate of 80% for Hispanic students in 2016, up from 42% in 2013. Reading proficiency rates declined from 21% in 2014 to 4%, 4% in 2017. This is appalling, people. This is appalling. And for years, the people in education in Minnesota have gotten away with it. They've gotten away with it, and there's just absolutely no excuse for it. I, th- those numbers are just astonishing to me, and I can't believe... You know what they keep saying? We need more money. we got to keep working on these aggressive graduation goals. If the kids don't know anything, what good does it do to hand them a piece of paper to say that they, to say that they graduated, especially if they won't?
one and to go into college. You know what they're doing? They're focusing on kindergarten readiness. They're focusing on ridiculous nonsense like social emotional development. Uh, it, it's just smoke and mirrors and, and handing them a worthless piece of paper when they aren't even educated and ready to be productive, happy adults when they're out of school. But hey, they got that diploma. Patty, you're up. Hey, Patty, welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. How you doing? I'm kind of mad. These schools make me mad. Yes, they do. <sighs> Shout out to Cal Byer, my representative up here in Ham Lake. L- love Cal. I love Cal. Yeah. Anyways, you know, my grandkids were going to public schools, and it was so crazy, Sue. I told my daughter-in-law, do you really want them to continue to this with this education? and try to get into a college, and my son and my daughter-in-law both said, no, this isn't working, so they put them in a private school. Good. I'll tell you, the tuition is outrageous. I know. They are paying so much money, plus they have to pay the taxes for everybody else to send their kids to these crappy schools where they're teaching absolutely nothing. And it's it's been like that for a long time. I graduated in 1968 with kids who could not read and write. I know. This has been going on in Minnesota for a very, very, and I suspect across the country, for a really long time. The teachers, I, I heard one teacher call in to uh, this, not your radio station, but another one, several years ago, and they say all this craziness that goes on with some of these crazy teachers and what they do to their students and so on. She said when she went to college, you had to take ethics classes. They don't teach ethics classes anymore. There's no ethics in these school systems anymore with these crazy teachers. It is crazy. And you're right, Patty. It's been going on for years. And who runs the schools? The Democrats. The Democrats. The Democrats run those schools. Now, Sue, I don't know if you're as old as I am, but I suspect you're close. I remember when I was a little girl, Nikita Khrushchev was in power in Russia. And he said, we will bury you. Without (laughs) even firing a shot, we will bury you. And these folks came in. They took over our school system. They got elected fair and square. It's not like they came in and, and had a coup and took over the school system. They got elected into our schools and started teaching this lunacy that is being taught in our schools while we all slept. And it's true. We weren't paying attention. We let it happen. And, you know, I'm really glad that your grandkids are in a private school. I don't think um, a lot of people realize how expensive private schools are and how families have to sacrifice for that to happen. There are so many more options now, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's private schools, whether it's charter schools. And more and more and more, you're seeing people pull their kids out of public schools. And it, it can't happen soon enough for me. And I know some people now who have pulled their kids out of school and they're doing online learning, which especially if you're having troubles with bullying in school or something like that, uh, there are lots of different options out there. And I hope people don't feel like they're stuck. I think that's why I like to push the school choice. Thank you, Patty. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How do you think this couple out in California that had all Oh my God. It's going to affect homeschooling. Well, I don't think it's going to impact it at all. I mean, that is obviously a very out of the ordinary thing. You know what? I think that that's such a horrendous story. They kept the children ages, what, two or four to 29 or something chained up and fed them once a day. And it's the most horrible example of child abuse that I've, that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I don't think it's going to reflect on, uh, homeschoolers at all because you know what these 
there was something wrong with these. I'd give those people the death penalty. I'd give them the death yeah. penalty. I I don't know if if they'll if the children, especially the older ones, will ever recover from that. But you know what it did? It woke people up, Patty. It woke people up, and then they they could say, "Wow, how about that kid in my class? I wonder what's going on there. How about this? I wonder what's going on there." You know that I'm a judge for the homeschoolers' speech tournaments, and let me tell you, none of the homeschoolers that I know are ever like that. Nor would it ever happen in in their system at all but that boy talk about a safety net that failed huh yeah hey thanks Sue. all right yep take care take care um okay so also this week over at the capitol you talk about lazy reporting you talk about a media that doesn't cover things we had a a hearing over at the capitol today or that last week on elder abuse it was horrifying the number of complaints the horrible stories the total incompetence of the state to act on this is absolutely shameful and it almost seemed like the the media they just wanted to report on it and just and just move on and 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 they do this frequently when they're covering up for mark dayton or the incompetence at his uh one of his um different administrative posts i think we've already had uh, two was it two or three of his commissioners who never should have been confirmed in the first place have have stepped down for good reason. Um, but at the Senate committee hearing hearing on Wednesday morning, Human Services Commissioner Emily Emily Piper said state officials were sorting through two thousand three hundred reports of maltreatment in senior homes another let's see let's see let's see uh there was poor record keeping there were other inefficiencies at the state agency that was charged with protecting the seniors uh 826 maltreatment cases have been assigned for investigation and have never been resolved. The Department of Health says they plan to eliminate the backlog by December. Yeah, no one's chasing Governor Dayton down to get his comments on that. No one's chasing down any Democrats to to say, hey, wait a minute, what are we going to do about this? Whether it's Minsher, whether it's elder abuse, abuse whether it's Minlars, uh, it just seems to get a, a, a total free pass. We're going to take a quick back quick break when we come back uh i still have to tell you a little bit more about mmb sexual harassment prevention man we're picking up a big tab for that one i have to tell you about hate over at the capitol um i want to tell you what ken martin said about his his party it's shocking uh keith ellison is thinking of running for attorney general hilarious uh, Jennifer McCarnahan got her big fat raise. She shouldn't have, but she did. Uh, and the Met Council turned 50. So there is tons more coming. We'll get to your phone calls, too. We're moving fast today. If you want to weigh in, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Saturday afternoon.
afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. We're talking about a lot of things that happened over at the Capitol. We talked about the March for Life. We talked about the Sexual Harassment Task Force. We talked about School Choice Week, elder abuse. Uh, I'm going to get into the Met Council. I'm going to get into hate. I'm going to get into MnDOT in just a second. And I really want to tell you that... Uh, uh, DFL chairman Ken Martin actually recognizes that his brand is fill in the blank for the swear word that he used because that was his own his own description of his party. And there is absolutely nothing that the Democrats don't want government to do for people. And when you look at the things that government is doing for people, they're failing at almost every one of them. And education is a primary example of that. And when you watch what's happening in the Minneapolis and St. Paul schools. It's just astonishing. And you know what? Shame on you people out there. You, you people out there in Edina, you people out there in Moundsview, you people out there in Wyzetta, you know, you think, oh, I don't care. My school district works. Well, you should care. You should care. And for the amount of money and that we are spending and the quality of product that we are turning out, it, it, it should make you furious. What should make you most angry of all is the failure and the disservice that we're doing to these kids. Look at what you're doing to them. You're setting them on a path for failure, all the while promising them, well, hey, it's okay. You got that piece of paper. You got that diploma. Go get them. Yay, rah, rah, us. Oh, it makes me just absolutely furious. Michael, you're up next. Hey, Michael, welcome to the Sue Jeffers Show. Hi, Sue. How are you? I haven't listened for a while, but now I know why my book picture goes up. (laughs) Um, we're out in Edina. There was an article that appeared in the magazine Thinking Minnesota, a conservative oh, publication. I have that. It's excellent. It's put out by American Experiment, right? Right. A phenomenal um, publication, which right now is free. But the article dealt with um, white privilege. It's white shaming that's being taught at the Edina Public High School. Edina uh, Public High School, which was one of the leading schools in the nation academically, is falling like a rock. Right. And not only are they shaming white kids openly during classes, it's the now it's the foundation of the curriculum in everything. But even the most, to me, one of the more frightening things is even bus drivers and uh, ancillary staff have to go through, it's white shaming. If you're white, they shame you for any privileges you have, and this is where money is going. They've been called on the carpet for it, and they said they refuse to change. They're going to keep going down this course. And uh, if you read that article, it was a uh, Hispanic couple that pulled their kids out because they said they were tired of it. They wanted to get a good education. They said they're not getting it. Edina's falling like a rock. It's really embarrassing what's happened out in Edina. Shocking. I saw this year... Uh, Wyzetta School District was the one that got kudos for some really tremendous work that they're doing out there too. And, and I've also heard reports of other school district who have bought into this white privilege nonsense. Uh, they're starting to pull out as well. Osseo School District, I remember, uh, said we're, we're done forking over tens of thousands of dollars for it. In some cases, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. It worked a lot in Edina because they hired some consulting group to come in and put in the whole curriculum, and it's, it's just abysmal. Yeah, well, I hope the parents are outraged, and I hope they see people dropping out of the school district. And you know what? Too many 
too many parents out there are lazy. Too many are afraid to stand up and say something. They're afraid to demand a quality education. They're afraid to say no to the social justice warriors. I don't know why people aren't more all over them. Shame on people for being such scaredy cats. Well, one of my mottos is do nothing, lose everything. Right, Michael. Right. Thank you for your and listen more often too. Thank you. Um, you know, I talk about I talk about this all the time. Why aren't people more outraged? You have uh the Democrats, a political party, weaponized the surveillance tools and they spied on pol- on a political candidate's campaign. They tried to cover it up. The media tried tried to cover them up. Right now you have Congress looking into malfeasance, looking into political corruption at the Obama's uh, Justice Department, the FBI, the intelligent agencies. We've got issues going on with the IRS, with the EPA. Uh, these are major, major, major investigations that are looking at unequal application of the law. They're looking at um, obstruction of justice. They're looking at Fourth amendment violations they're looking at unreasonable search and seizure your your government is spying on you like crazy and you people don't even care it drives me absolutely crazy hillary clinton walked she got off scot-free because she's a clinton if any of the rest of us would have done one iota of what she would have done we would have been in prison all you have to do is look at what the department of justice did to to howard You've got the the it, it's it's like where people where is your backbone where why aren't you going to stand up and defend yourself and demand that that we're the country that we're that we're supposed to be you've got Democrats I tell you over and over and over again they are the party of bad ideas they are the party of big of big government they are the party of the authoritarians you've got all these people now who who think that government is their salvation government is their mommy or their daddy government is not freedom people we're supposed to be a self-governing nation and apparently that too many of you out there are too too wimpy to even stand up for for what you're supposed to what we're supposed to be standing up for how can you settle for this how can you settle for it for a year now for a year now we've had the democrats proudly saying their motto is resist 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 we're still seeing republicans donald trump anybody that even looks or leans a little bit to the right is just demonized i have to say some of that demonization has worn off i think people you know what go ahead and call me a racist i know i'm not a racist and now i'm not afraid to stand up and say i'm not a racist but unfortunately there aren't enough of you out there uh who are afraid of being called whatever name they want to call you so this past week in our local newspaper um yep i'm pretty proud of myself this is the mounds view um the new brighton mounds view bulletin yeah 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 guess who it was me sue jeffers had a letter to the editor i know i know pretty impressive huh let me tell you something people we have to write more letters to the editor. Nobody's going to spread our message and our word better than us. It's not that scary. So what if someone disagrees with you? It's not that big of a deal. Uh, besides, it's kind of fun to see your name uh, in in the paper. In this case, I was uh, thanking Gina Bauman for all the 
for all for her dedication and hard work for the people of New Brighton. And I pointed out how she was the only voice of fiscal responsibility on the council and how bad she's missed. I also threw down the gauntlet uh, to our 2018 council and mayor. We're paying attention. We're paying attention. We're sick of some of the the BS that you did in my Letter to the editor, I thanked Gina Bauman for never forgetting that she worked for the people of New Brighton, and I thanked her for asking hard questions. I thanked her for not being a rubber stamp for some political agenda, and I thanked her for demanding accountability, transparency, due diligence, and most importantly, common sense. And then you know what? Then I had to apologize. I had to apologize for her because what she went through when her and Sue Erickson sued the city of New Brighton, they're my heroes. I told you that. I had them on the show. Um, I think they were out at the state fair. We, it, I, I was so proud of them. They sued the city and they won. They sued the city and won. And a judge in a 17-point ruling confirmed they were right and the city illegally violated our rights. And when I talk about my lawsuit going all the way to the United States Supreme Court, people, you can't be afraid to stand up and and say something or to write a letter to the editor or to go to a town hall meeting. You just can't be afraid anymore. You have to get out there and fight. We know the other side is nasty. We know they're vindictive. We know that they'll come after us. Who cares? Sticks and stones may break my bones. But you know what? I'm going to call you liars out for being the liars that you are. And I'm not going to let them get away with it anymore. Now, I can only write a letter to the editor once a month, which is pretty typical for most of them. Uh, for for most of the local newspapers, but you know what? You guys get on the ball. Start writing some of those, uh, some more of those letters to the editor. And I think it's pretty interesting too that DFL Chairman Ken Martin came out and said our brand is fill in the blank for the swear word. And I want to tell you about that story. And I just want to give you a quick heads up too on some of the things that the Democrats are pushing for this upcoming legislative session. And I want to tell you that they're they're not afraid to throw those labels out there they're still um they still think those old ideas work they don't work anymore we can't let them work so when they call you a hater when they call you a bigot when they call you a racist you stand up and say no 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 i'm not you're not the hate police you're not the person who gets to define a racist or bigot or anything else. We have to put a stop to all of this. Donald Trump taught us a a fabulous lesson. You may not always agree with what he does or the way he does it, but you know what? It's a great lesson, and it's it's a message that I think the Democrats are starting to receive. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. DFL chairman ken martin said our brand is fill in the swear word this was an interview that aired on american life this weekend dfl uh minnesota dfl chairman ken martin said that his party's brand is crap our our brand is toxic he added that people don't know what the heck it is uh 
John Rouleau, executive director of the Minnesota Jobs Coalition, brought up a really interesting point. Um, he said, DFL chairman Ken Martin proved the old adage that a broken clock is right twice a day when he confessed his party's brand is toxic. Well, Minnesota's top Democrat may be correct that his party's brand is toxic. He's mistaken in believing that the people don't know what the party stands for. Minnesotans know what Democrats stand for, for higher taxes and unaffordable health care, which is why voters put Republicans in charge of the state legislature at election time. It's really interesting. And what's what makes this so interesting is we have a big governor's race coming up this year. And and it's interesting to an important imperative that you pay attention and read what not only the Republican candidates are saying, but the Democrat candidates, too, because they're they're trying to win their delegates now and they're coming out with what they support. Of course, the Democrats, they're all in favor of single payer. They all want affordable housing. They all want racial equity. They all want 15 now. They all want amnesty. I mean, it's it's just astonishing when you look at there is nothing that they don't want government to do for people. It to me, it's just it, it's just astonishing to me that people think government should basically live their lead their lives for them. They need government to lead their lives. It's nonsense. Our lives are better when we manage our own lives. And we've we've also, I think, started to realize, thank you, Donald Trump, that the name calling um yeah, whatever. They've used it. So they've called Trump Hitler so many times. They've told us there are dead people in the street, going to be dead people in the street so many times that it's like, you know what? Now it just doesn't even matter anymore. We have heard so often, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, you're an Islamophobe, you're a pick whatever word there is. We saw a perfect example of that this week. Melissa Hortman came out and sent a letter to Representative Roz Peterson, a Republican out of Lakeville, and asking her to uninvite Raheel Raza uh, from speaking at the Capitol on Wednesday. And, and, and Melissa Hortman, who does she think she is? The hate police? She came out and she said, hate is not welcome at the Capitol. Oh, shut up, M- Melissa Hortman. And, and the, I, I want to give kudos to the Justice and Drew, the morning guys. Andrew and John did a great job. They had, um, they had, uh, the, this Canadian author on, um, Raheel Raza. It was fabulous. I was very happy that I got in my car and heard this interview. I encourage everyone to go to the Justice and Drew website or to the iHeart their iHeart page and listen to it. And I am really proud of the Republicans too. Warren Limmer, Roz Peterson, a whole bunch of you. You just you just stood up and you said, you know what? Go no Melissa Horman, you are not the hate police. And my thanks too to John Gilmore. John, it seems like I'm thanking you every week. Uh he made a comment about the Pioneer Press article that came out and it said during the state capitol or during state capitol visit Muslim activist disputes accusation she's an, an extremist. And John Gilmore pointed out to everyone, notice the narrative. Notice the narrative that the Pioneer Press used. They called, they uh, there's the extremist charge right out there, and now it's up to the 
other people to exonerate yourself in spite of the fact the woman is not an extremist. There was no evidence of her ever being an extremist. Uh, but but there's your there's your media for you. And yeah, that's why John Gilmore fills in for me sometimes. That's why he's working on Minnesota media monitors monitors. And sorry, Melissa Hortman, you do not get to be the hate police. So no, 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 no. Uh, we also had a couple other um, a couple other things that you're going to see pushed real hard this year. Uh, I talked about one last week with Dave Osmick. We didn't have enough time to get into it, and that's the raising the smoking age to 21. Hey, you're an adult at 18. You can sign contracts, go fight for your country, or you're not. So if you decide to have a cigarette and you're 18, leave me alone. They're also trying to lower the drunken driving threshold to .05. You know what, folks? More criminals means bigger government. So stop making laws. Stop making everyone criminals. And these Puritans never stop. They will never, ever, ever stop. It's another attempt at backdoor prohibition, uh, whether you're... And, and you know what? They're liars. I posted up an article about how everybody wants to... or People in California, legislators want to ban straws. Um, and it turns out... This is hilarious. It turns out that the study was done by a nine-year-old. The study that everyone quotes about how how all these straws are going into the garbage in the ocean and the whatever. Uh, go to my Facebook page. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, we also had stuff at MnDOT. I'm mad at MnDOT. I think MnDOT, under under Mark Jane's leadership, under the environmentalist leadership, I had a whole segment I wanted to do on the environment, some of this crazy, ridiculous stuff that, that's happening right here in Minnesota that will continue to happen as long as the Democrats are in charge. And I will remind the Republicans who control the Senate and the House, come on, people, we're counting on you over there. Stop caving to some of this stuff. And it's a very short legislative session this year. I hope uh, some of them find their backbone i'm pretty sure i know how these special elections are going to uh turn out and and it's up to it's it's our job uh for the people to um to hold these people accountable you know what in cd6 you better be electing a real conservative or throw their sorry butt out of there uh in a district you might another district you might have to put up with something else and quit telling me by the way to run for governor i'm not and i'm not running for senate either uh let's have pat real quick here hey pat do you want to weigh in yeah i do Uh, actually what you're talking about people need to get out to the caucuses i want to encourage everyone yes february 6th to the caucuses because we need a republican governor we're done with this democrat stuff okay pat let me tell you something because the Republican Party in Minnesota are the dumbest Republicans in the nation, hat tip John Gilmore, and because the Republican website is crap, uh, go to the Secretary of State's website and type in your your zip code, and and it'll tell you where to go for your caucus. Shame on the Republicans for not promoting this more. Okay, now you can talk again, Pat. Yeah, I just want to let people know that we need a lot of... Um kind of grassroots organizing in them and and you know the more hands and feet that we've got to do the work to get a republican elected as governor the easier it's going to be for all of us you know republicans are always all busy 
and a lot of them are complaining about uh, things, but it's just before the election, and we're going, you're about nine months too late. you got to start right. in February. Right, right. People, do, people don't understand this is a long process. Some of our candidates have started running last year. We're still looking for a Secretary of State candidate. Um, I was sad to see Matt Dean drop out. Um, I was sad to see the stuff Keith Downey pulled. That was weird. Susan, I want- can I ask you a question about the yeah. female candidate that's uh, running for governor? Yeah, she and- shouldn't be there. Get rid of her. Okay. I was wondering what you think about having a woman running uh, I think it's governor, and if that would get more of the Democratic. I think it's great, Pat, but not that woman. She's not a Republican. I I don't like some of the stuff she's done in Woodbury. I don't know where she came from. You got a whole bunch of moderates. You had Blake Hoffman. You had, um, I can't even remember the name of the lady from, um, what is her name? Mary from Woodbury? Whatever her name is. Mary Giuliani. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. She's no Republican. She certainly won't be getting my vote, and I expect to see her dropping out real quick anyway. We don't elect people because they're black or white or green. We don't elect people because they're a boy or a girl. We elect people because of the policy issues that we care about. Let's use our head. Let's use our head, not our not our heart. There, There's only one woman running so far. Um, I think you'll see a whole lot of women um uh lieutenant governor candidates but we're not going to be a i'm with her group pat okay <laughs> okay take Thanks. care um and i want to tell you mindot they're driving me crazy they're studying tolling feasibility so heads up people not only can't they take care of the snow and the ice on on our roads did i ever tell you I was, when I ran for governor in 07, before Tim Pawlenty crushed me like a bug in the primary, I was driving home from up north somewhere, and I saw all these MnDOT people. It was this big project, so that we were down to one lane, going each direction, the cones everywhere. And I turn and I look to my to my side, and there's like 20 of these MnDOT workers all fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I need one of those jobs. Oh, I need a job <laughs> like that, too. Stan, yeah. what's your show about? Uh, getting people that don't know how to hunt or fish like you, <laughs> teaching them how. Okay, I'll go do it, but I mentoring don't... Mentoring programs. Oh, mentoring programs are good. Excellent. Folks, we didn't get to half the stuff we wanted to talk about. We'll try to get to it next week. See you.